When I used to skate, I remember I used to wake up very early in the morning and meeting my friends, my team, and looking for destinations to, to go and skate. Doing this until late. Actually, that's what we're doing now. When we, we cook, actually, wake up very early and we look for our destinations, our products, and then we work uh, as a team. Chef Virgilio Martinez started skateboarding when he was 11. At the time, skating in his hometown of Lima, Peru, meant forging the city for spots to skate. Periodic shipments of imported VHS tapes and magazines would introduce new tricks and brands. And despite the grown-ups seeing him and his friends as lazy, rebellious punks, the mental and physical challenges would lay the foundations of his future work ethic. Yet at the same time, he valued the freedom he enjoyed in his youth. He recalls the carefree days of surfing at the beach town of San Bartolo, where he would also enjoy fresh, raw seafood and chats with the fishermen that had caught them. With something that both challenged yet liberated him, Virgilio dreamt of being a pro skater. This was the case even despite a lack of gateways into the industry, combined with the high cost of broken boards and worn out shoe soles. But this would all soon come to a crashing halt when he was 17. He was in California and at a local skate park of all places. There, sponsors and managers were on the lookout for fresh talent. Now Virgilio's usual focus was street skating, so he was decidedly out of his element skating the halfpipe. While skating on that halfpipe, which Virgilio admits he wasn't used to, he lost control doing a 360 spin. He landed hard, breaking his shoulder. With no insurance and in need of immediate surgery, he was sent packing. But I really wanted to be like a pro skateboarder and I put all my dreams into, into it. So for me, it was really uh, devastating, you know, like go back to Peru and with a broken shoulder and, and you know, like, it was difficult. It was bad enough both losing his chance to be seen and severely injuring himself, but things only got worse for him. Just two weeks after his shoulder healed, he broke the other one. Eight years of skating and two bad shoulders later, it was time for Virgilio to lay his dream to rest. With his father and brother both being lawyers, he thought maybe it was time to do something safe and follow in their footsteps. But not content to spend the rest of his days in an office, he dropped out of law school and with no other options in Lima, he enrolled in a culinary school at the Cordon Bleu in, of all places, Ottawa, Canada. Despite the refreshing change of scenery, he grew restless again and he still wasn't overly passionate about cooking. Something was missing, and it would elude him for a few more years. By this point, he was only 19, and the world was still his oyster. So he sampled it. Throughout the next few years, stints in New York, London, Singapore, Bogota, and finally Madrid would each shape him as a chef. But it was at Lutes, one of the best restaurants in New York at the time, that he would first find his compass. The fusion-style kitchen allowed him to gain experience working with the best ingredients from countries across the world, including Italian porcini, Japanese tuna, and French cheese and wine, among others. Aside from working with the aforementioned fine ingredients, he recalled how the master French chefs worked on the top floor, while the Mexican and Ecuadorian staff, many of which braved great dangers to cross the border, worked below. 
that meant the bilingual Virgilio became the connection between the two groups of people and in the process, realized his place. He was meant for the kitchen. But as fate would have it, no sooner did he find his inspiration than he lost his work permit. It was back to Peru yet again, and this time he came with a newfound curiosity. Joining with Rafael Osterling and Gaston Acurio, two of the best Peruvian chefs at the time, he worked between both of their restaurants seven days a week. There, he rediscovered the beauty of Peruvian cuisine, even as he struggled to let go of the superior image of French gastronomy his training had instilled. Ever the globe-trotting free spirit, however, he eventually landed in Singapore working at the Four Seasons. There, he saw Chinese cooks making dim sum, displaying a skill level that only a lifetime of training and cultural immersion could create. And then it clicked. Why was he trying to compete in making another culture's cuisine? What's more, it challenged his beliefs in what good food was. This experience would influence his future approach to food, one that rejected the notion that fine dining absolutely meant complex and superior. I wouldn't say I hated the word fine dining because it's, it is very contradictory to my reality, to my surroundings. This fine dining stuff, high-end stuff, and uh, even when I used to skate, like this, you know, elites of skateboarders were not real. Nowadays, my approach to food, regarding to fine dining, is it's not fine dining. It's looking, looking to, uh, I mean, like just finding luxury in just very simple things. And he would find those simple things right back where he started. After years of toiling in restaurants with little to no sunlight, he settled on an airy old house by the sea in Lima's Miraflores district. This would become Central Restaurante his first and most famous restaurant specializing in Peruvian cuisine. Now, it might seem like a great place to say, and the rest is history. But Virgilio's tale doesn't just end with him becoming a chef. You'll find out soon why. Even after years of experience in making great food and opening his first restaurant in Peru, he was still stuck. Despite some initial buzz, he kept on bringing in exotic ingredients influenced by his travels and confusing the restaurant's menu. And to make matters worse, zoning issues led to the district's mayor closing the restaurant for five months. This hiatus allowed him to both travel Peru and find the remainder of his direction with Pia, who is now his wife. Even as they streamlined the operations at Central, there's still room to experiment. As they discovered countless unusual ingredients, Virgilio started to think about how they could explore Peru's rich biodiversity and maybe even cook it too. But with such a huge undertaking, he didn't know where to start. Enter Malena, Virgilio's sister and also a doctor. Together, the two founded Mater Iniciativa, Central's research arm. Here, they would collect and database all of the different ingredients they found in Peru's Andes region, its coasts, and in the rainforest. Just as importantly, they identified which ingredients were safe to eat. And just what were some of their findings? So nowadays, you know, we're doing infusions with barks. We're using like clay and, you know, different varieties of cacaos and different wild potatoes and stuff. Like, we've never imagined to use them before. So I think nowadays, like, this is the time to use things that are probably unknown. And this is satisfactory. 
really good for us, you know, for creativity. But getting these ingredients is both a joy and a challenge. Aside from rough terrain, there is the crucial aspect of building trust and connections with the surrounding communities. Every single trip is different. Every single exploration is different. I mean, like uh, going to the jungle is different than going to the Andes and, and going to the sea in the Pacific coast is quite different to going to the mountains, of course. We just have to accommodate to their communities of people that live probably very far away from the cities. So I think we have to accommodate what this community is working or, or sharing or willing to share. Today, Central prides itself on cooking entire ecosystems, as he puts it, using both culinary expertise and the vast research Mater Iniciativa has gathered. It creates dishes with every ingredient exclusively and sustainably sourced from a given region in Peru. And this really means every ingredient, with flavorings, sweeteners, and even thickeners all being indigenous and inseparably tied to a given system. Finding sustainable, safe, authentic, and delicious substitutes for convenient but artificial ingredients is no easy task. Matera Iniciativa relies on an interdisciplinary team of specialists, including forest engineers and anthropologists, to research and approve ingredients first. This means that a lot of consideration goes into vetting an ingredient and its sustainability before someone gets to enjoy it on the menu. The very difficult part is just to, you know, to get the traceability of the product. What I mean is like, uh, we have to make sure that this product is going to be available for a few months because our menu probably lasts like three or four months. But on the other side, we don't want to push the producers. I mean, we have to cook whatever they cook in their soil. So uh, now there's a big exchange of farmers and chefs. Because chefs were not farmers, and farmers are not chefs. So now we need to talk a lot. I think it's very important. I mean, like, this is very obvious in Peru. People producing stuff, chefs having successful restaurants. But I think like, this is the time where we have to listen to our farmers and we have to listen to each of them. What began as a long and winding journey that followed a broken dream has become so much more for Virgilio. He has certainly set an example for improving our relationship with food and sustainable consumption. But the implications reach even further. When you call the supplier by the phone and just order your, let's say, like carrots, they're just coming. And the chefs, the guys in the kitchen, they are not aware of the whole process of, you know, getting these carrots or beets or potatoes, whatever. So. Whenever we send our chefs to work with these farmers, they get to understand how long is the process to get one single carrot, one single potato, one single lettuce. So that changed the whole process in the kitchen because we're talking about no waste. We're talking about like, you know, respecting the product a lot. The concept behind Central and Mater that takes food from farm to kitchen or rainforest to kitchen is so deeply rooted in Peru's geography and culture that it's impossible to be replicated with the same authenticity anywhere else. While Virgilio scoured the globe in his formative years looking for excellent ingredients and excellence in of itself, he came to realize that he didn't need to compete on someone else's field to do so. He just had to look in his own backyard. I mean, you have to start, like, uh, of course, respecting and be proud of who you are and where you're from. 
that for me made a huge change in my, well, not only in my gastronomic uh, life, in my, my, my whole life. Yeah, I mentioned that uh, when I left Peru, I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't proud to be uh, Peruvian because, you know, Peru, Lima was a city with no, no, no many hopes, you know, about, you know, about my future, like, uh, it was it was like a very tough times, you know. Like even there were no gastronomic uh, uh, schools, so I had to go abroad. And there I start to understand, you know, the value of being a chef. And after that, I understand the value of being a chef in Peru. 